This episode of Sword and Laser is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code SWORD at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Welcome to episode 186 of The Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merrick. Oh, I did the intro a little differently that time. You did? did. I didn't say, hey everyone, welcome to The Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. I went the other way. You just, like, put your thing down, flipped it, and reversed it. I did. If you're... Yes, you're... Akinorov... That's my name backwards. Yours is just Mott. I just That's said easy. Sword backwards. Did you? How? How'd you do that? Rasaldenad. Rose. I pronounced it backwards. Anyway, Sword and Laser is a science fiction and fantasy podcast, book club, and book publisher, and of course, video show. And we are streaming live to you right now on a Google Hangout. So hello to all of our live viewers. Um, you can catch us every other Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time. We'll be uh, hanging out live and also taking your questions in our Google Hangout uh, Q&A section. So ask a question and we'll say, hmm, and maybe answer it. <laughs> Depends on how interesting the question is, but you know it can go either way. Uh, I but like anyway. that Frog Pants feed just twittered that it's watching us. Oh, creepy! Yeah, vaguely creepy. Weird. So yes, hello to our Frog Pantsers, and hello to our Diamond Club TVers, and hello to our Sword and Laserites, and anyone else who is viewing live or listening to the show after the fact. Uh, but let's kick things off with what are we drinking, Tom? I am having a Smithix Premium Irish Ale, which close listeners to the show will know I've had before. It was either this or the same thing I had last time. Those are the only two beers I have in the fridge right now. So it is, uh, it's an Irish ale and it's good and it's creamy and it's not a craft brew or anything, but I always like it. Fantastic. Well, I am drinking um, Hell or High Watermelon. I love that beer. From 21st Amendment, which is a local brew pub um, here in San Francisco, and was very close to our old working establishment, uh, CNET, now CBS Interactive. So I used to go there a fair amount. Not so much anymore. Sometimes before baseball games. Yeah, it's near the Giants Stadium, Mm -hmm. Bell Park or whatever they call it. But there's a lot of great Uh, bars around there, so it's hard to choose. Heller High Watermelon's weird because um, it's one of the few fruit-flavored beers. I usually don't like that, but mm-hmm. I really like that one for some reason. Yeah, it is pretty tasty. All right, well, let's jump right into the quick burns, um, which is, of course, our news of the week coming from you. Yes, we have loads of news about books becoming TV or movies uh, because of Comic-Con. That sort of thing just happens a lot at Comic-Con or happens around Comic-Con. So we'll run through the highlights here. Elaine pointed out something we're both very excited about. Ghost Brigades, part of John Scalzi's Old Man War series, is going to air on sci-fi. Elaine says if they keep the tone of the novels, it should be pretty cool. It's nice to see the sci-fi channel air more science fiction and fantasy. The irony is it took other cable channels to show them that the genre is viable if done properly, in Elaine's words. Absolutely. And Scalzi has a bit about it um, over on his blog at whatever.scalzi.com, in which he interviews himself about the Old Man's War TV series. So that is going to be a fun read. It's pretty much a Q&A with himself. One of his favorite interviewers. 
Oh, absolutely. Great. I mean, they really have great chemistry together. They I think Scal- the Scalzi and Scalzi combo. <laughs> they work well. They should podcast. They Oh, they should podcast. Scalzi and Scalzi on Scalzi. <laughs> Scal- Scalzi and Scalzi on Scalzi. <laughs> on Scalzi.com. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's done stuff like this before, so it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, um, cool. He's not writing the script, however. He's working on other things, as he says, including the sequel to The Human Division. Uh, but he will be executive producer on the show. So he'll have oh, some good. say. He'll have some say on, some on what thread. happens. They don't. They do that a lot for writers, but not mm-hmm. always. So it's good. It means they're involving him at least. Yeah, I mean, it's like George R. R. Martin. You know, he's he's an executive producer on the show. But then we look at. I don't know if Diana Gabaldon is executive producer on the Outlander series. That's actually a good question. Um, but a lot of authors just kind of don't have any input. I think that was kind of like the Sookie Stackhouse situation, if I remember correctly. Or maybe it was something else. No, it was Charlene Harris. She, she, she has said, like, they do whatever they want with it. It's up okay. to them. Oh, so she doesn't have a lot of input in that directly. Yeah. And so- it doesn't. Either she's playing it off very nice because she's a gentlewoman, or she's like, yeah, I don't, that's fine. I don't want to be involved in I write books, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys do what you do. I'll do what I do. Hopefully, yeah. and- it will all work out very nicely. And she's she's worried she's you know she she enjoys the television show at least she says she does good uh dara posted an avclub.com link uh that warner brothers has picked up the rights to dragon riders of pern now i didn't do enough research to find out if it's never had the rights before but it it, it, it seems surprising to me that somebody didn't already have this in the works and of course dragons are riding a wave of popularity right now so it's a smart one doesn't mean it'll turn into a movie obviously um but dara is very hopeful they say Totally happening, probably, maybe. Totally, definitely, maybe happening, uh, for sure. Um, They say in the AV Club article, um, Pern heroine Lessa is like a way better Daenerys Targaryen. Um, Ooh. I I like both. I don't know that I would say that. I don't know if I would say that. I also mostly like both, although Lessa is kind of a pain in the butt. I'm just going to put that out there. Daenerys sometimes makes some bad choices, too. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we don't need to have this fight. That's I'm a sure. fight for the Goodreads. <laughs> yeah, that is a fight. That is a Goodreads, Goodreads thread waiting to happen. Oh, speaking of Goodreads, thank you guys so much. We are over 20K members on Goodreads right now. Oh, um, We have surpassed crazy. the big 20K mark. Um, so thank you for everyone who jumped in and, and, you know, I think made us the biggest book club on goodreads now uh so that is super awesome and we're so happy that you guys have stuck with us through the years and here's to many more to come and welcome to brand new people that help push push us over the 20k who Mm -hmm. never were part before you are what's amazing to me is how well our community and this is no credit to us i don't think (laughs) our community is able to welcome and adapt to this amount of people it's 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 crazy Mm -hmm. well okay so here's the thing for you tom you're a fan of Philip K. Dick. I am. My you, favorite book by Philip K. Dick is The Man in the High Castle, for Well, instance. Tom, I have some good news for you, although do you? it might be good news. It may not be good news. It kind of depends on how you take it. Um, Amazon Studios is putting out a pilot uh, in their third pilot cycle uh, for The Man in the High Castle. It is based, of course, on the book, and uh, it is written by Frank Spotnitz and Scott Free. And um, it is directed by David Semmel, which is pretty cool. 
And so, of course, the project is set in 1962 and explores an alternative alternative reality in which Nazi Germany and Japan won World War II and occupy the United States. So, Tom, tell us, how do you think, as a fan of the book series, this will translate into television? Yeah, and Ridley Scott's a producer on it. That's where I start to get nervous. Oh, oh because, why? Well, Blade Runner. Fantastic movie. Not saying a word against Blade Runner, although some people may. Mm -hmm. But it is not Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep turned into a movie. It's Ridley Scott taking elements of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep and making a good movie. And that's fine. If I really want to see The Man in the High Castle made into a movie. And if they take elements of it and make a really good movie, that will be okay. But a small part of me will be disappointed. Uh, I, I really want to see the Philip K. Dick story, not just a, what if Jap Japan and Germany won the war and there was some spooky mystery stuff? Right. Well, I mean, don't you think, this was from Michelle, by the way, so thank you, Michelle, for this news item. Um, do you, but sometimes books are better served by being in a series as opposed Absolutely. to being in a Absolutely. film. I, and some books, like Blade Runner, for instance, are better as fodder for creating a great movie. I get that too. Mm -hmm. It's just that I love this book so much and I've always pictured it that I'm, I am Patrick Rothfuss for The Hobbit with the man in the high castle, right? For me, watching The Hobbit, it's like, if it didn't match the book exactly, that was fine. I just wanted to see a good movie. And we can argue whether I did or not. That's a whole separate <laughs> question. Uh, Patrick Rothfuss, if you remember on our video show, was worried. He's like, this is part of my childhood. This is important to me. I need to see this done right. Man in the high castle isn't part of my childhood, but it is part of my college-hood. And it's important to me, and I want to see it done right. Your young adulthood, if you will. Yeah, it made me into a man. <laughs> that's not true i'm that, waggling my eyebrows at you video form. that aren't true <laughs> oh tom your innocence is so charming <laughs> your sweet sweet innocence, innocence that we all made fun of you for after last week's episode apparently it was very popular it was very popular. Your innocence and, and the title there within was, was very popular. Um, also coming into uh, television land, Rob has an article from Vulture.com about uh, sci-fi adapting the magicians. Not HBO, not Showtime, hmm. not AMC. Sci-fi, again, with the sci-fi. I feel like I should pitch something to sci-fi. Jeez. Yeah, right? No, I'm glad to see them. I'm glad to see Siffy uh, turning back. <laughs> towards science fiction and fantasy. Mm -hmm. I, I like to, I, I like relying on them for that. And it seems like they're doing it more often, even if it is in some cases, bringing in a continuum from, you know, that's produced elsewhere. The idea of them doing a good job on the magicians, they need to make a science fiction or fantasy series that is as good as a game of Thrones. They need right. to do that. And maybe this will be the one. Maybe. Um, so this is interesting too, because uh, we probably talked about it at the time, but the Magicians was in uh, works at Fox, over at Fox. So they are basically taking, they, they bought the rights to the, the idea, and now they're working with new writers, whole new crew of people. Um, and so we've got, we've got another chance at a magician show over on sci-fi. Um, you know, I think with a, a Showtime or an HBO or even an AMC, maybe we would get something a little darker and more serious. Um, so I'm a little, little concerned. I don't know how dark sci-fi is willing to go. Um, I, I still think of sci-fi as being a very like PG 13 kind of channel kind of network. What do you think? Well, and it does, 
because uh, it's not HBO. It's not going to show you nudity. It's not going to curse like crazy. It and that's too to bad because there's a ton more. of cursing and sex in The Magicians. Yeah. Well, the, like I said, this is sci-fi's chance to go out AMC style, right? Mm-hmm. I think AMC is the parallel here because AMC is in that same vein of like, we're not HBO. We're not going to go over certain lines but we can do a Breaking Bad. We can do a Mad Men. And we can do it well to where you don't sit there and go like, gee, uh, you know, they really pulled their punches on that. They're, they're able to walk that line. Mm-hmm. I don't know if sci-fi can do that, but this is maybe their challenge to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And one that I'm really excited about on Nokomis.fl uh, <laughs> posted. I love, I love his handle. Nokomis.fl. Um, Stars has released the entire first episode of the Outlander series that I mentioned, the aforementioned Outlander series. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I I actually originally saw it on um, the Mary Sue, and um, I haven't watched it yet, like I said, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh, People are still a little riled up, especially in the Mary Sue forums and in the comment section, because the series has a tendency to be a little rapey. And we talked about this pretty extensively over on Vaginal Fantasy, my other book club show. Um, but there's a lot of back and forth about this situation and if it's appropriate to the time period or whether it's, you know, smut for smut's sake or if it's... You're talking you know, about the books, though, right? I'm talking about the books. Yeah. But the first episode also had a bit of that as well. Okay. Well, uh, From what I've heard in the comments. I haven't watched books, it yet myself. Is that just them following the books then? Or? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But... So. I guess I guess we will have to wait and see how that turns out. Um, if you I mean, already know you don't like this kind of story, then you probably shouldn't watch the TV show expecting it to change. Would be probably right, yes. Um, I am still pretty excited about it, though. I'm on the second book right now. I haven't been as, as fast as I should have been with keeping up to date on the series as it's been released. Uh, but they're long books, man. They are long books. So it takes me a while. What's cool about this preview of the first episode on their website is you don't need to be a Stars subscriber. I think that's really smart. No, like yeah. To pull people in and say, wouldn't you like to become a Stars subscriber? Get the first one free. Although it is geo-locked, you have to be in the U.S. or at least appear oh, to be in, coming from the U.S. This was funny because someone on the Mary Sue was like, it's a little bit ironic, I think, that I'm actually in the Scottish Highlands right now and I cannot watch this first episode of yeah. Outlander. <laughs> <laughs> so that was too bad for them. And then Ben uh, pointed out that Jonathan Price and Alexander Siddig were announced as being cast for season five of Game of Thrones. No sign yet of Victorian Greyjoy, and unfortunately it doesn't look good for fans of Ariane Martell, so let's all revisit her picture from the Fantasy Flight Games board game and pretend. Uh, but yeah, they I, they actually, not just Price and Siddig, they, they released a ton of of castings mm-hmm. for this. Jonathan Price, of course, is, has been in Brazil and James Bond and Clone. <laughs> uh, you recognize him for a lot of things. And Alexander Siddig, at least most famous to me, as the doctor from uh, Deep Space Nine, Julian Bashir. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Neat. Wait, who is he playing? Does it say who he's playing yet? Uh, he'll be playing Prince Doran Nemeros <gasps> Martel. Oh. 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 And uh, and oh. and uh, Price is the High Sparrow. Is he a little old? A wandering no, septum. No, he's not too old. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, the High Sparrow is supposed to be kind of old. Not him. You, oh, you talk about Siddig? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. No. I think I I think Doran Martell is supposed to be older, not old like elder. Yeah. No. No. I'm thinking of the wrong character. 
I'm thinking of Quentin Martell. That's who I'm oh, thinking of. Gotcha. But anyway. Uh, also got uh, Toby Sebastian as Tristan Martell, Nell Tiger Free as Merkula Baratheon, Diobia Operai as Ariel Hota, Enzo Clienti as Yezin Zokagaz, a slave master of Yunkai. You say Merkella? Uh, I did because they said it that way when they announced her. Really? Oh. Merkula or something. Interesting. Uh, Jessica Henwick as uh, Nemeria Sand, mm-hmm. one of the sand snakes. We got some sand snakes up in here. I yep. uh, got a couple other sand snakes, Rosabelle Laurenti Sellers and Keisha Castle Hughes as Tyene and Obara Sand. Oh, wow. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of, a lot lot of, of shows about books. Which is awesome. That is. We do have a couple more things that aren't about books being turned into video somehow. Yeah, uh, we have. Aubrey, Go ahead. Aubrey pointed out there's a Kickstarter for temporary literary tattoos. Lithographs tattoos, wearable tributes to iconic books. Aubrey says, I like the designs, and they have a tattoo chain idea for the first 2,500 pledgers to get a tattoo with a quote from Alice's Adventure is in Wonderland. Hmm. So the whole book would be worn by all the backers. But would it be worn at the same time? That is the question. You'd have uh, yeah, to you have to coordinate that. Well, you could take a picture. That'd be kind of cool. That like, would be kind of cool. Put on the tattoo, take a picture of it, and then you could have a Flickr album. Do people do still do Flickr albums? So. Yes, I just did one for my trip to China. There you go. See, because they look really good, and we had one. They did a great Flickr album for Nertacular. If you'll remember yeah, correctly, back. coming back. Well, in sad news. Sony is giving up on e-readers. The Sony e-reader, which was never especially popular, just could not keep up with Except the Kindle. Except for you, the person right now going, oh, I have one. I have one, but you're not going to support my e-reader anymore. Mm. No, they're not. Well, sort of. They're not going to sell them anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's too bad. Apparently, they will still be available in Sony. I mean, sorry, in Japan. Japan. Also, also known as Sony. As Sony. <laughs> <laughs> they own that country. <laughs> oh, that was a fun mistake. Um, yeah, so they will still be available there, the Sony Reader. Um, yeah, but the apparently North American customers using Sony Readers have been directed to buy books from Kobo since February of last year. That is them phasing out, essentially, the Sony um, ebook store. So Kobo, interesting product as well. Um, I had a Sony e-reader for a little while. I sold it um, because I had a Kindle and I liked it better. That is the end of that story. It's all about the ecosystem, ma'am. It's all about the ecosystem. It is. I don't necessarily love Amazon all the time, but they make an ecosystem that works for me, you know. That stuff works. I I almost never run up against, oh, I can't get that book, at least not anymore. Yeah. All right, well, should we move on to... Picks. Yeah, you can pick your books, you can pick your nose, but you can't pick a book's nose because books don't have noses. They have spines, I, though. <laughs> I finished Cibola Burns, the James S.A. Corey, uh, The Expanse novel, since the last time we talked, and I loved it. In fact, I think I even loved it a little bit more than the last one. Leviathan Wakes is my favorite, and that's just normal for series. You always like the first one the best because mm-hmm. it introduces you to everybody, I think, with mm. books anyway. I don't know. Often, often that is the case for me. Often, yes. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this one, it really showed the Rosinante crew growing as a, and becoming a team, throw them into some situations that were unfamiliar. You didn't have uh, everybody together in the nice pairings uh, that you would have had in the past. And they created a really interesting and 
not simple controversy over one of these new planets uh, that they've come across. And it was this, you know, it's the typical like corporate political intrigue uh, combined with a gray area of morals, which makes for a great story. So finish that and I'm back uh, print wise to reading on the steel breeze by Alistair Reynolds. Oh, very cool. Um, I just finished Shattered by uh, Kevin Hearn. So now I'm done with the Iron Druid Chronicle series uh, in completion. Um, until so, the next one. Until the next one, of course. But it was great. They're all great. They're just uh, such fun books to listen to. Um, I, I listened to all the audiobooks of, of the series on, on Ralph's recommendation that the audiobooks are great and Luke Daniels is phenomenal. And I'm actually yeah, having I'm a little bit of trouble now because I'm listening to The Name of the Wind and the narrator I'm just not on board with yet. Oh, I really love that narrator. Cause I, I'm, I'm going from I'm Luke Daniels to, to this guy. It's like, ooh, ooh different level. But it's different. It's just different. Nick Podell is different amazing. He's I good. He's, just, he's doing a good job. It's just the cadence. I'm not, I have to listen. I think it's going to take me a few hours. I think it's just different. You need to get back in it. Because to me, listening to The Name of the Wind, which I listened to it the first time I read it as well, I've, I was like, oh, right, this is Quoth. This is what he sounds like. This is great. All right. I'm drinking. Hold on. Just take a, take a drink on that and then tell me um, what else you're reading. Okay. I'm also reading uh, on uh, Red Seas Under Red Skies by Scott Lynch, the second in the Gentleman Bastard series. I think I mentioned I that last week. so jealous that you are still getting to experience that and oh, then Republic of Thieves. That is so They are so, so awesome. good. They are just so well written. Like the... the, the way they talk to each other and the conversations and the cursing and the, the, the stuff they come up with is just so funny and awesome. And you really care about the characters and you care about their relationships. And it's, man, it, it totally reminds me why I loved um, the first book so much. What was the name? When we kick off name of the wind, which we're going to do later in this episode, remind me to talk about my theory of Locke, Lamora and Kvothe. Okay. What was the first book called? Uh, the Gentleman Bastard series, but it's no. But what's uh, the first book? The Lies of Locke the Lies of Locke Lamora. Okay, that's I knew his name was in it. I just couldn't remember because now I'm on the second book and my mind's all in this one. But whatever. Um, and then, um, as you guys know, we had a uh, in person book club meetup at Borderlands in San Francisco, um, and we had a pretty good turnout. And uh, but actually, before this, earlier in the week uh, was the Joe Abercrombie event, which, by the way. I have a copy here of Half a King by Joe uh, Abercrombie. Did, you didn't get the other half? I only got the half. And it's signed by Joe oh, Abercrombie. Nice. Can you read what it says, Tom? All the words, none of the... All the swords, none of the laser. What? <laughs> I love it. All the swords, none of the lasers, Joe Abercrombie. It's actually just true. Um, it's pretty true, but um, we're going to give this one away. We have to figure out how we're going to do it, but this will be a giveaway to one of our uh, listeners out there. So we'll, we'll figure that out in the next week or so. And then, uh, so stay tuned for that. But anyway, I ran into um, A.E. Marling, um, Andy, who's also a writer and Sword and Laser listener. And he recommended a book uh, called California Bones by Greg Van Eckout. Eckout? I'm hoping Eek-out. I'm saying Eckout. Um, 
but it sounded really, really cool. And they actually even had a big poster of it up in Borderlands. So it seems like it had a pretty good launch. Um, so I'm going to check that one out too, as soon as I have time to read more books. But, you know, we also have the Vaginal Fantasy picks for the month and Name of the Wind ain't no short tome. So I've, I've got a lot to, lot to get through here in August. Read, Not a quick read. Uh, and then from the Goodreads page, we always like to dip into the What Else Are You Reading thread. And Caleb said, Deadly Class by Rick Remender has to be the most dark and twisted comic I've ever read. Anyone who reads this comment, I highly recommend you read it. And then he mentions Half a King by Joe Abercrombie just arrived at his library. And he's going to start reading that next. Very cool. And uh, things that are coming out in the very near future. Uh, Out today, for example, August 5th, you may be listening tomorrow, but it was today, Tuesday, August 5th, The Magician's Land, a novel by Lev Grossman. We also have Severed Souls by Terry Goodkind, The Widow's House, A Dagger in the Coin by Daniel Abraham. And then next week... Oh, go ahead. No, you. August 12th, Fool's Assassin, Realm of the Elderlings, from the Fitz and the Fool trilogy by Ah! Robin Hobb. Ah! Is that the new one? That's the new one. Oh my god, I pre-ordered it already, and it was—I I kind of forgot that I did. So now it's just going to show up on my Kindle, and I'm going to be like, "Yay!" It's and then I'm going to have to read that. So that's going to be another thing I have to read. <laughs> but you can find tons more other books over on SwordandLaser.com/calendar if you want a refresher of what's coming up in the very near future. Now, here's the thing: mm-hmm. we are sponsored by Squarespace. It's an all-in-one platform, makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, online store. It's simple and easy. It's beautiful in design. It's got drag-and-drop content. But the hard thing for me, Veronica, Mm -hmm. is that I feel like telling people about Squarespace anyway, even though they're not a sponsor. Oh. Because... I because we it's like a it's like living and breathing sword and laser is living and breathing Squarespace. That's where we live. We are inside Squarespace. We are in their forms. Mm-hmm. I was just in there updating the calendar earlier. Yeah, and I just highlight a thing, put a link, boom, 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 done. That's I don't ever use their twenty four seven support through email or chat. I have, but they're there twenty four seven. You just you just get them. Plans start at eight dollars a month. They include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's I'm knocking all the reasons why you wouldn't want to try Squarespace off. Uh you're like, "Oh, they don't have an online store." Yeah, they do. <laughs> Every site comes with an online store. So, there you go. Like that's great, Tom, but I want to try it before I put down my money. Well, how about a free trial? Just no go credit start card. A site. No credit yeah. card. No need one. No need a credit card. Put your credit card back in your pocket, Mr. J or Mrs or miss just try Squarespace and then if you decide to keep it which we think you will 10% off 10% off visit squarespace.com enter the offer code sword at checkout no laser <laughs> sword Tom you are getting you're getting yeah the the rough end of things this week a better web starts with your website and we really sincerely thank Squarespace uh, for their support so support them in return Absolutely. Thank you to Squarespace for their continued support. You guys are awesome. All right. Now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. We have a post from Alex. Um, This is about dystopian for adults. He goes on to say, she, she goes on to say, I have this thing in my head because... Alex. 
There was a girl on my street and her name was Alex, A-L-I-X. And then I later met a guy whose name was Alex, A-L-E-X. So in my mind, if it's spelled A-L-E-X, that is a boy. And if it's spelled mm. A-L-I-X, that is a girl. I know that is not true. I'm just in my brain. That's how it works. So I apologize. Dyslexia. I apologize, Lady Alex. Um, she says, I assume that dystopian is allowed in a sci-fi fantasy forum and I wouldn't know who else to ask. But anyway, of course it is. Uh, maybe it's due to who I follow on BookTube and on book blogs, but I'm seriously sick of hearing reading about teenagers fighting back against the government and all the stuff that happens in dystopians. Surely a dystopian world affects everyone in a book, but all we seem to see is the teenager finding courage and fighting back. Surely an adult, especially one with a family, would most likely be the ones to start a rebellion in such a society. So long story short, what adult, if there is, books that are dystopian and are actually about adults and our protagonist is an adult are there? Thank yous in advance. There's we a ton of them. Got you back, Alex. Uh, lots of great suggestions. A lot of them just from, from Louie, who pointed out Ready Player One by Ernie Klein, Wool, uh, mm. which, which, which we've read. Well, actually, both of these we've read as picks. Mm -hmm. uh, the Man in the High Castle, Philip K. Dick, is a dystopian world uh, of a sort. Uh, City in the Stars, Arthur C. Clarke. Lots and you missed everything from Killian. Uh, Killian said 1984, An Animal Farm by George Orwell. Then we have uh, Brave New World and Fahrenheit 451, uh, which are also very good. And uh, Classics. Yeah. Classics, yeah. Um, if you're brave enough to venture into the graphic novel comic book world, there's V for Vendetta, which he's reading at the moment and is incredible so far. Uh, the Gunslinger from mm -hmm. the Dark Tower series. Dark Tower mm -hmm. series itself. Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. John pointed that one out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The Handmaid's Tale, Orcs and Crake. Um, definitely dystopian novels for sure. Uh, there's tons of tons and tons of stuff. The Lathe of Heaven. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, Stand on Zanzibar, which I've definitely heard is fantastic. Um, yeah, so a lot of great stuff. So if you guys have any recommendations for Lady Alex, post them over on Goodreads in the thread. <laughs> We've made her gentry. Lady, Lady Alex. Fane posted a uh, post. That's what you do with them. Author or book-related dreams. Last night I dreamed that people were making fun of Roger Zelazny's writing because he had a horse galloping in one scene. The critics claimed the main character wasn't riding the type of horse that galloped. I tried to explain it was still a good story, but they wouldn't listen. It was just too unrealistic that a horse like that could gallop. Sigh. I've also dreamed about Way of Kings, but in a more video game manner. You had to find storm gems to power up your character. It seemed like a fun game. <laughs> it seemed like a fun game. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I cannot remember having any book-related dreams. Can you? I have. I feel like I probably I've, have. I think I've had author-related dreams where, like... Especially when we were shooting the first season of Sword and Laser, probably. Uh, where, like, authors showed up. Or didn't dreams. show up. Or didn't show up for shows. Although all of them did. Thankfully, uh, none of that happened. Yeah, that was just a nightmare. It wasn't real. I I haven't had dreams that were set in books or movies that I can remember. And I might, not, might just not be remembering. Well, if you've had a book-related dream, you can definitely chime in over on Goodreads as well. And finally, um, I don't know how many of you guys were over at San Francisco. Nope. San Diego Comic-Con. I wish it was San Francisco Comic-Con. Saint. 
Um, there was a fantastic epic fantasy panel and I actually posted about it, um, over on, on, uh, the Twitter account previously because I thought it was so awesome and I really wanted people to attend who were going to be in the area. Um, but it was featuring, uh, Django Wexler, Sam Sykes, Joe Abercrombie, Robin Hobb, Morgan Rhodes, Raymond E. Feist, and Patrick Rothfuss. And it was moderated by Brent Weeks. That's that an all-star awesome. cast. Yeah. That's like a freaking all-star game of epic fantasy. That is an epic fantasy panel. Yeah, so I'm really jealous that I didn't get to go see that. Um, uh, but, you know, can't be at all the Comic-Cons, unfortunately. But there is a YouTube link. There is so a YouTube can- link. I'm definitely going to go watch that panel. Um, I am super excited about checking that out. It's like some of my favorite authors are in that panel. And I did get to go see them doing a lot of them doing a signing. Um, Last year, they were all like doing a signing in the signing area. So that was cool to wave hi to Patrick Rothfuss and Robin Hobb. And I didn't see Sam Sykes, though, because I'm pretty sure he's a phantom. Um, a phantom of my imagination. You probably missed him because he's so tall. Apparently, he's like close to 12 feet tall. 12 feet tall. I heard. Yeah, and so you probably just thought he was one of the buildings. Mm, okay. That might explain it. Yeah. Okay. You may have actually gone to an event. He is an extremely tall. Inside of in- Sam Sykes? <laughs> in Sam Sykes. Wow. Holy yeah. moly. Well, that, tall. that about wraps it up for our Barrier Sword. But let's hop into the Book of the Month discussion. Of course, uh, this month for August, we are listening to slash reading The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. The aforementioned this, Patrick Rothfuss. This will be a non-spoilery kickoff of The Name of the Wind. However, if you want to know nothing about The Name of the Wind before you start reading it, which I know some people are like that, uh, you might want to stop listening now. Patrick Rothfuss wrote The Name of the Wind during his nine-year advance toward his BA in English. He drew inspiration from college courses he was taking, uh, role-playing games, tabletop games he'd been playing, other interests and hobbies, and a short story, which is actually part of the novel The Wise Man's Fear, the sequel to The Name of the Wind, uh, called The Road to Levenshire, Mm -hmm. won the Writers of the Future contest all the way back in 2002. Wow, yeah. Name of the Wind was published on March 27th, 2007, and it just started winning awards, man. It won the Quill Award in 2007 for science fiction, fantasy, and horror category. It won Best Books of the Year by Publishers Weekly, science fiction, fantasy, horror category. And the Alex Award in 2008 for Young Adult Library Services Association Award. A lady or a man, Alex? I don't know. Not neither. It's an award. It's an it. Uh, Rothfuss was born in Madison, Wisconsin. He received his bachelor's in English from the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Good hockey team there. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1999, he spent nine years as an undergraduate exploring various majors, including chemical engineering, clinical psychology, and others. He talked about some of that when we interviewed him uh, for the Sword and Laser video series. Now, one thing I've noticed among the people who have started reading it and commenting on Goodreads already, it can be a slow start for some. Because you're getting to know Coat and the Inn right Mm -hmm. from the very first page. Uh, I remember thinking that. I remember thinking like, okay, I'm curious, I'm intrigued, I want to find out more, but when do we get to to the stuff? When do things start happening? And of course, things do start happening in that time frame but there there are different time frames going on this is essentially day one of a story being told by the main character on my second read i don't know how you're feeling veronica it does not seem slow at all because i know all of these things that inform and i'm just seriously impressed 
how later story elements are they're not spoiled mm -hmm. but they're certainly informing those early scenes in ways that you don't know when you first read them right yeah i'm excited to do another read through because it has been many years since i read the first one and um I feel like there's going to be a lot that I'm going to pick up this time around. And like you said, I think people are seeing that already in the forums. Um, we have a thread of, of second time readers and they're kind of going back and being like, Oh yeah, I totally didn't see this the first time around, but now I really get why this happened and who this person was and why this was important. And I think that's great. You know, I, I get so few chances in life to reread a book like this, um, just because of time constraints. So this is, it's exciting to me to get to dive into it again. I'm still in the tavern, so I haven't moved on beyond that point yet into the backstory. Um, so I'll definitely be keeping my eyes open and ears open for, for little spoilerific tips foreshadowing little drops little mm -hmm. things that you're like oh i get that i understand that now i do think i do think that uh there, there are a lot of people who are saying this is a typical story uh the the this like dismissing it like yeah i've read this story a million times it's a it's a story about you know epic fantasy and killing the king and heroic journeys and evil and magic and yes it is all of those things. But what impresses me about The Name of the Wind and what impressed me back when I first read it before I knew anything about it or its author is that it does it elegantly. The writing is fantastic. And it does it in a way that is significantly different from what I expect. And I'll use magic as an example. We've talked about this on Sword and Laser before back when we first were, were getting to know uh, The Name of the Wind. It's called sympathy, not magic. Mm -hmm. There is a scientific underlying basis of it, and it's well thought out, and it has an internal consistency and logic, and it explains a lot of the differences between why people have these ideas of magic, which are the typical cliche generic ideas of magic, and why those are wrong, but why they have those ideas, and what really happens, and the sort of science... I want to say pseudoscience because that sounds like an epithet, but it's, it's a scientific way of explaining what happens because it's sympathy between materials that makes the magic happen. That's just one example. I think there's lots of examples of this sort of thing where he says, yes, I'm going to have magic. I'm going to have this element of classic fantasy, but I'm going to do it in a way that I don't think it's been done before that is really compelling. At least it is to me. Yeah. And, um, oh, actually Gary had an interesting point. Um, Marty Stew. <laughs> is that the the male version of Mary Sue? Kind of, yeah. It's like the kind of, I think it's like the more action-oriented version, like kind of the mm. perfect man can do no wrong. Because that's the idea with the Mary the Sue It's sort of a wish fulfillment of the author, right? Right. Um, so do you get the sense that Kvothe is, is a Marty Stew? Do you think he's too perfect? Or are we still waiting for him to kind of F up in the third it's book? It's interesting to me because uh, Brian Brushwood and I had this conversation this weekend. Oh, that is interesting. Where he's like, you could consider Quoth to be a Mary Sue, right? He's always able to do everything. And in fact, Gary says his problems are all either overcome with ridiculous ease and or the product of a rather contrived self-imposed egoism that comes and goes with the necessity for him to have something to do as a side adventure. I think that's a rather unforgiving and harsh depiction of it. I think Quoth is just a heroic character. I don't think it's a wish fulfillment, Mary Sue type character. Quoth has problems. He has things that he can't do. Mm -hmm. And they get him in trouble because he is beyond 
you know, or, or he is unaware of his own limits. Uh, and in some cases, he's he's unaware that he has the power to do other things that he could do. So, yeah, I don't think he's a, a character that just never has a barrier. In fact, he has tons of barriers to cross. That's what makes him interesting. Don't mm -hmm. you agree? Um, yeah, I think he does have a bit of an ego sometimes. And I think part of the story is him overcoming that and realizing his capabilities, as you said. Um, but also, he is very powerful. But he is good at a lot of things. So I, I, I think I can go either way. I think this rereading is going to help me kind of remember all of my opinions about the book that I had the first time around. Um, all I remember well, is really loving it. So if, if you say that to me, if you say that Kvothe is a Mary Sue or a Marty Stew character, then you're saying every heroic character is that, right? Like and anybody... if he's not perfect, then you say, oh, he's the chosen one who isn't good first at first, but then is going to learn his abilities later down the line and kind of, you know, find and his he... heroism. And he's neither. Like, he has to, he, he is set up to be a heroic character. He is a King Arthur character, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not quite the chosen one, but there, there's nothing wrong with having a character that's really good at a lot of things. But, you know, I guess that's why he's story... interesting. Yeah, and not every story has to be like the average guy. Quoth is very talented, but A, we don't know why he is in the situation he is at the beginning of the book, and that's interesting. You want to mm -hmm. find out why this person who has been so talented has ended up in this other situation. I mean, clearly, you know, there's a, uh, well, we don't want to spoil it too much because yeah, well, yeah, most trying to people stay away from spoilers, have but... not gotten into the second book yet. But, but he's not but, where he is, like where we are in the beginning of this first book. We know that that is a very, very different place from the first couple of chapters of the book. So how did he get from, from that place to, to the other? And the, to me, one of the things about a Mary Sue character or, or Marty Stu character, I guess, uh, is that they're sort of good without explanation. They're just naturally great. There is an element of, quote, he is naturally great at certain things. Mm-hmm. But there are lots of things that he knows how to do that are explained. He has a unique journey where he, you know, his upbringing as a trooper teaches him music. Mm -hmm. It teaches him life on the road. And then his his later adventures, which I, won't, I don't want to get too spoilery about, teach him about living in a city and oh, teach I him about sexy adventures. And then his later sexy adventures are going to teach him about being sexy. <laughs> That's in the wise man's fear, though. You just oh, it is? To, you just wanted to make me say that. All right. Spoiler. I'm sorry. There are some yeah. sexy adventures. There's not that many. There's no sexy adventures in. I blushed. I blushed a little bit with the, yeah. Yeah, the next in book. The wise man's fear. Totes. Well, that's, that's the wise man's fear right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, yeah. Anyway, he, there, I feel like this is like, yeah, sure. A character that would go through these things with this talent you know, would, would be able to do all of these things and he's not perfect and he doesn't execute them well. And he screws up all the time. And I don't think it's just his and people egoism. get mad at him. Yeah. And, I, you know, teachers get like, mad at him and should there never be a character who's talented. That would be, that wouldn't make for a very good story. That's true. Well, so stick with it. Kind of I think what we're yeah. trying to say to you guys, stick with it. If you're reading it and you're like, this is slow and this is, this character is too perfect. I think going. what Veronica's saying is stick with it or stick it. Or stick Stick it in your <laughs> not gonna say finish words. That's bad. No, stick it in your bookshelf. And there you no, go. There you go. In your bookshelf. You, That's nice. 
All right. Well, I think that kind of is a good, that was a good kickoff uh, for, for Name of the Wind. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. If you are in the forums, you will have noticed that we have added a new naming convention to the threads there. So if you're starting a thread in the Name of the Wind section, um, start it with N-O-T-W and a colon. Name of the Wind. Um, that's just so, so, if, you, if you're wondering why, that's so people on mobile and other devices that don't sort everything by category nicely can tell what the thread's about. Right, because you get these um, digest emails, and they don't say what discussion thread this thread is coming from. Um, so like when we do casting threads and things like that, they all are just called casting for this book, blah, 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 or casting, casting for the book, casting choices. And you're like, what book are they talking about? So now you'll be able to see that it's Name of the Wind or it's what other else book we've been reading. Like I think the last one was just Dawn because it was a short name. Um, so that's our new naming convention. And uh, it's kind of like whoever kind of kicks it off gets to decide what the naming convention is for the thread. Um, so sometimes it'll be me. Sometimes it'll be Josh. Sometimes it'll probably be Rob because he starts all the threads. I, uh, I, 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 I want to chastise Ralph in the chat room. He totally spoiled Name of the Wind. What? Forever. Yeah, he wrote Wind Meets Name, Wind Loses Name, Wind Gets Name. Story as old as time. <sighs> Ralph ruining everything don't have to read the book now that's it that's our wrap-up discussion for name of the wind thanks everybody thanks for playing all right so let's wrap up this episode of sword and laser um hey we are having local meetups now uh, as i mentioned earlier we had a great one in san francisco the next one in san francisco is going to be august 25th at 6 p.m pacific at borderlands uh, on valencia street here in the city um so you know last time we had we had a seven or eight people there it was great we had a lot of fun borderlands is a great place to have a meet of they're super nice and uh they have tons of great books for sale and of course they will always have the next month's pick on sale for you to get while you're at the store um, but there are tons of other events happening all over the world which is amazing We've got events being planned in Rochester, New York, North Carolina, up in the UK, in Michigan, in Lithuania. Actually, just one guy posted, uh, Ed Vardas just posted in Lithuania. So if you're in Lithuania and want to go hang out with Ed Vardas, do it. Lituva. We've got uh, Las Vegas fans, Tacoma, Washington, Australians, uh, Los Angeles. Oh, and there's an Orange County meetup happening, Tom, and they want you to come through the Orange Curtain. That's what they said. I always go through the orange curtain for conventions. So you have I to pass through the orange curtain from LA it shouldn't to be Orange that, County. That hard for me <laughs> to do it for these for those guys. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, and they, also, have they scheduled it yet? I'm trying to see if there's a date. I don't know if they scheduled it yet. I All think right, they're keep planning logistics. Um, and of course, we are part of the Boing Boing Podcast Network. So if you want to check out tons of other amazing shows to listen to, head over to boingboing.net slash category slash podcasts. Uh, there's tons of great stuff and all friends of the show. And uh, soon we're going to try to work a little more closely together, have bumpers and stuff for each other's shows. so You can find something new and interesting to listen to as well. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. Head over there for featured reviews from the audience like you. And, of course, all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com. We will see you guys next time.
part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.